Um, here is, I think you sent this to yes, me. Yes, it is Jordan. It is anti-Semitic, so. Oh, okay. But I guess, like, if you feel like you can use that, then go. go uh, I'm for a Jew, it. so I'll use it. Um, <laughs> yesterday had 142,000 cases, another record. Uh, I think when we were in Philadelphia just a few days ago, it was like 100,000 was the record. Now we're at 142,000. Uh, almost 70% increase compared to two weeks ago. Uh, if you look at the trend of basically this month so far, uh, you see 76,000, 86,000, 91,000, 104,000, 121,000, 126,000, 125,000, 109,000, 133,000, 131,000, and 148,000 cases. It's out of control. Uh, before we went live, you just told me that Chicago just issued a stay-at-home order. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, you saw this earlier. Uh, meanwhile, Democratic Party, during a deadly pandemic, a deadly pandemic, while all this is going on, Democratic Party tweets out this. You can't make this up. Uh, how wonderful during I tweeted out in response to this, Jen, uh, the Democrats tweeted out, Democrats will always fight for greater access to health care and to make it affordable and accessible for all. No one should ever have to make a difficult decision between putting food on the table and filling a prescription. So, really, really happy, really, really happy that the Democratic Party during a deadly pandemic where the president is in fetal position doing nothing uh, and cases are skyrocketing to the point where we're probably going to have more stay-at-home orders, hopefully, I, I've been saying we need one uniform stay-at-home order. Yeah, but absolutely. People are putting in the super chat, dark winter is coming. Well, it seems like Batman is not coming, if that makes sense. Get it? Dark winter, Batman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think it's good. You know, obviously it's good. We need we need to, um, to have a, a shutdown. But it's not surprising, obviously, that the Democratic Party would put something out like that. It's despicable. And the thing that's amazing to me about it is they're not in power right now. I mean, they will be, but Biden's not even in office yet. So they can be saying, you know, we need to expand health care. They could be saying we should expand Medicare right now for everybody. And then when they get in office, of course, they'll just make excuses why they can't do it. But they're not even on messaging. They're not even on messaging saying, no, no, we, you know, right now we need, we need to toss everything out Maybe we're not for Medicare for all in general, but right now we're headed towards potentially we could be heading towards 200,000 cases a day. We're on pace. We could be heading till five to 500,000 Americans dead by early next year. And, you know, obviously Trump is the president. The buck stops with him. The Republicans are in control of the Senate. Um, Trump has basically sidelined Fauci and experts. He has made mass into a culture war. But essentially, I haven't heard much from Biden. The only thing I'm hearing from Biden is coming from his, I guess, his coronavirus advisor, who's kind of suggested maybe we do some type of partial lockdown, but not like in an urgent manner. Like he's not saying, Trump, what we need to do right now is lock down the country. He's basically saying we might yeah. do that. I mean, I don't think, I, every single day, I just showed you that list. We're going up like 15 to 20,000 cases and 
most of the states aren't really doing that much different. Uh, what do you think in terms of, um, is there anything we could do? Or we're kind of just at the mercy of a maniac in Trump who is more interested in uh, his current grift and election fraud conspiracy versus the Democratic Party and Biden who are tweeting out soliloquies about access to health care. Well, so this is like a multifaceted thing, what you've just talked about. So on the one hand, we have Donald Trump, who, as you say, isn't he's like a mixture of in fetal position or golfing, like planning his future media network slash maybe like some part of him does think that he can be a maniac and still maintain control, depending on who's talked to him last, I think is probably whether like what kind of mindset he's in and it's it really is truly left up to the the states how they're handling this and it really is still a partisan issue and i'm lucky here in maryland larry hogan even though he is a republican and he does not i don't agree with with his policies for the most part he has handled covid much better than his republican compatriots, if that's the right word. Um, I was, you know, this Jordan, I was terrified. So my, um, my youngest son has been, they didn't, they haven't opened public schools yet, but they were about to, like it was imminent. And I, I had several conversations with Jordan. I was like, I am terrified. I don't know what to do. I don't think it's right to send my kid back to school. So I have to make the decision now to like, make my son really, really sad because he's freaking miserable talking to a computer for seven hours a day. Um, he's a good kid. Like he's doing his work. I'm lucky he's really intelligent and he doesn't have any behavioral issues. Like he can sit and, and do it, but he's, he's freaking miserable. So I have to make the decision to pull him out of school and homeschool him or send him to school, which I don't agree with. But Hogan made the decision to like they're canceling it they're not going back to school actually i don't even know if that was hogan it might have been my county i don't know um so i don't have to make that choice but i think we need a nationwide lockdown we need everything needs to be locked down it's ridiculous it's horrible it makes my stomach just drop seeing that list of from the the early part of november to what it is now and it's just going to get worse and worse because no one's taking action and now we're in this position where we were in this sort of locked down situation we all hated it it sucked it felt surreal and dystopian where we were all, we would only go out to the the grocery store everyone remember that and that then we slowly crept into well, we would like maybe go outside and then it, it crept into more and more. Um, so I think like we need to pull back go back to where we were, we're at phase one and um, yeah, pull way, way back. So now we have all of these people getting COVID. So let's, let's hit up what the Democrats tweeted. We have all of these people getting sick. More people will get sick. We aren't even at the point. I think they say like day 18 is really when people start to die. We aren't quite at that point yet. We haven't seen the deaths that are yet to come from this latest spike. We're going to see those deaths coming very, very soon. And here we have these disgusting Democrats tweeting about access to freaking health care. How do people not get it yet? How do people who praise the Democratic Party not get it that access to health care is not the same as having health care? We have people say it all the time. It's cliche by this point. Like I have access to a Lexus dealership. I have access to um, 
I, I don't know, like I have access to everything in the whole world, but I can't have it because I don't have the money. Um, we, we've hit on this point too, like Jordan's COVID test the other day, which we routinely, every time we have an infield reporting trip, we routinely get a COVID test just for safety reasons. And so we, we know that we aren't going to, um, pass COVID along to our families and his co-payment, um, with health insurance was a hundred dollars. So that's access to healthcare. That's access to a COVID test, but most families, have less than a thousand dollars of savings in the bank. And I would venture to guess that that's way lower nowadays with COVID and people losing their jobs and savings are, are dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. Um, and I think, you know, the Democrats are disgusting in a, a way that's different from the Republicans because they put a smile and like spray Febreze on something that's almost just as disgusting. And that's horrible. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Jen, but I think we both agree. We're not advocating for a lockdown without stimulus. No lockdown right, right, right. without stimulus. Mm -hmm. So somebody put in the chat, that's not viable. Uh, a lockdown is not viable. I would agree without UBI or the government covering payrolls. We can't do a lockdown if small business owners are gonna be screwed, if gig workers would be screwed, uh, the people that have been mm -hmm. on unemployment, the people that have gone since July without that extra $600 a week, everybody needs to be whole, from, made whole, from the small business to gig workers to full-time workers. And we print money for war, we're headed to 20 years in Afghanistan, we print money so we can give tax cuts, deregulation, subsidies to the banks, fossil Big pharma, big real estate, Silicon Valley, military industrial complex. So we could print money for a few months and give it to the people for a change. So we're not talking about a lockdown without uh, people having uh, having their normal pay coming in. But for the people saying this isn't viable, well, what is the alternative? What to you is the alternative? Just to have this runaway train of death every single day? The vaccine, if if we are lucky. The vaccine will start being distributed maybe by the end of the year to the frontline workers, yeah. like, uh, you know, healthcare workers, which it should go to them first. Then seniors should go to them. The, the masses are not going to get it if we're lucky till spring. And that's before we get into the shenanigans, because if anybody thinks this vaccine is going to be completely free, I remind you, we live in the United Corporations of America. Nothing is free. So, you know, uh, I don't know what to say. I think that when people say it's not viable to have a lockdown, then you're basically saying it's viable and okay and just what we have to do just to let, you know. And by the way, the, the cases and death count, they lag. So the cases right now are skyrocketing every day, but the deaths usually lag about a week to two weeks after the case spike. So you're gonna start to see a massive death increase we are going to get to the point we were at in March and April where you people, uh, you know, 2000 people are dying uh, a day. It might surpass that. And I get it. I mean, I don't want to be I don't want to be, uh, you know, in in my uh, home all day. Nobody does. I understand that there are other things, anxiety, depression, uh, you know, uh, domestic abuse that that's gone on. But again, yeah, this is. You know, this is a, a out of control virus. And by the way, from Marco Rubio, 
from Marco Rubio's event yesterday inside in Georgia where half the people weren't wearing masks to I think they're calling it the Million MAGA March this weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, which we might be covering in D.C. where I got news for you. Most of them aren't going to be wearing masks. I mean, what's the alternative? Jen, will you allow me to go on a rant? Always. I love your rant. So I want to get to Bernie. <laughs> Except when they're directed at me. <laughs> I want to I get to Bernie and uh, Bernie going after the progressive gaslighting. But real quick on coronavirus. Um, I want to read to you, folks. Here's the situation in Flint, Michigan. Remember Flint, Michigan? Six and a half years later, no clean water. Happened under Obama. Obama just had the audacity to show up in Flint, Michigan uh, in the last days before the election uh, to campaign for Biden. Said, you know, acted like he was, you know, yeah, I'm with you, Flint, even though I left you to die. Trump obviously hasn't done a goddamn thing for Flint, Michigan. Six and a half years later, still don't have clean water. They still don't have Medicare for all. Uh, people are still six and a half years later getting rashes uh, and other health uh, disasters, uh, people uh, uh, feeling faint in the shower from the water. These are people Jen and I speak with. It's not our opinion. We have sources and we have been there between the both of us. 20 times. times. We, know, we know what we're talking about. Six and a half years later, they don't have clean water in Flint, Michigan. It's, it's a, Obama was the president. Uh, the Democrats uh, were the oversight, had, uh, had the oversight committee. They were in charge of it. Nobody's been brought to justice. And I don't know, Jen, I might be, I'm not a doctor, but I think if a whole city was poisoned, everybody from the young people to the old people are kind of equally um, immuno-challenged and susceptible yeah. to a deadly pandemic. Did they do anything for Flint for special for coronavirus to add extra protections for these people? Did they expand Medicare for Flint? Uh, because of the water um, crisis? Absolutely not. And now we're seeing Hurley Hospital in Flint is at 98% capacity as new COVID cases are spiking. Uh, Hurley Hospital has the highest occupancy rate of any hospital system in the state of Michigan amid the most powerful surge of new coronavirus infections since the start of the pandemic. Tracking by the state of Michigan shows Hurley occupancy has risen to 98.2% as of Monday, up nearly five points in the five percent in the past five days, and this region of the state also shows the highest collective hospital occupancy rate in Michigan at 88 percent. Despite a seven-day average of 140 new daily infections in Genesee County, a Hurley spokesperson said COVID admissions are not the primary cause of the hospital's high occupancy, with just 31 cases as of Monday, up by just four cases since Friday. Well, Jen, as we know, as we know, because because unlike CNN. Unlike MSNBC, unlike the New York Times, unlike the Washington Post, unlike all of them, you and I, between the both of us, have been there 20 times, over 20 times, since 2016. The hospitals have lied. The government has lied. And I don't trust that hospital as far as I can see them to say, oh, only 31 cases are from COVID. Not a chance. The Claren right. Hospital, for those of you from Flint, they lied out of their teeth in 2014, 2015, about the amount of Legionella cases they had and the source. And I don't believe Hurley Hospital saying, yeah, we're at 98% capacity, but most of them are in because, you know, they hurt their, you know, they broke uh, their toenail or something. No, it's coronavirus. And this is an absolute disgrace. 
absolute disgrace. I understand that over the last four and a half years, the biggest scandal in America was the Russian boogeyman. I understand that over the last four and a half years, the biggest scandal was Stormy Daniels. I understand that over the last four and a half years, the biggest scandal was Trump's tweets and farts and whatever. I understand that he's a fascist. I understand that he's a threat. But you wanna know something? When Americans are poisoned by their own government and then left to die by that government, Republicans and Democrats, I think that's more scandalous than Russia. I think that's more scandalous than uh, the president bending norms. But you wanna know why they don't give a god Because they're black, they're poor white, and they're in Flint. And more people in Flint, if you look at the numbers in Genesee County, Flint is in Genesee County. Genesee County has, I think, 405,000 population. Flint, 95,000. Flint and Flint Township make up 40% of the cases. Of, of the entire county. Well, why do you think that is? Because they've been poisoned, because they have heavy metal poisoning in their body, because they have neurological problems, because they are immunocompromised, because they have, can they are, have cancers, um, epilepsies, Parkinson's, we've seen it all. And occasionally, Jen, you know, we get into, you know, we get celebrities now and then, you know, hashtag Flint, you know, Michelle Wolf, the comedian at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, dropped the mic, Flint doesn't have clean water, and then everybody's a Flint warrior for an hour, it's trending, and then nobody gives a shit again. But this is outrageous that, A, for those of you that don't know, Libby, Montana, 96% white, they had a massive arsenic issue. Um, a massive uh, arsenic, oh, excuse me, asbestos, not arsenic. A massive asbestos issue in Obamacare, you know what was snuck into Obamacare for the 96% white Libby Montana because of their massive asbestos problem? They got Medicare for all. What did 53% black Flint, Michigan get? A kick in the ass. And that is why you see Hurley Hospital at 98% capacity. That is why you see Flint and Flint Township as the majority of the, almost the majority of the cases in Genesee County. That is why more black people are gonna die in Flint. That is why more poor white people are gonna die in Flint. The media don't give a damn. I don't, I haven't, I don't think, Biden didn't say, I think Biden barely said anything about the Flint water crisis when he spoke there, I think two days before the election. So it's, it's an outrage. And frankly, you know, if you wanna move Biden left, I don't think that's gonna happen, but it's, it's, it's very easy, Jen for the wine, the wine moms and the resistance owls and all these people to occasionally tweet about Flint when it's Vogue. It's a lot harder six and a half years later to keep talking about it, to keep going there, to keep investigating it as you and I are investigating a follow-up right now. This is outrageous. I don't wanna say Flint is, you know, it's outrageous that people are dying everywhere, but you have communities that are especially vulnerable to coronavirus because they've been poisoned. It's not just Flint, Native Americans with the high cancer rates and the fracking and the mining and all that. And our government has done nothing. And it's outrageous. Well, when, you know, you, you talk about Flint residents being immunocompromised and that is a huge, huge part of it, but it's compounded by think about how important it is to wash your hands as part of this. Um, well, how do you wash your hands? The people 
in Flint are terrified to wash their hands. They, they, they often keep bottles of water next to the sink. They won't use the, the water that one runs through their taps, and rightly so, because the water that runs through their taps is still contaminated. The, the piping that, is, that runs through their homes is full of lead. Like they haven't, uh, many have not had the pipes in their homes replaced because they can't afford to do so. And the, um, the corrosive, you know, material, the lead, the lead, like it's all in, in their homes pipes. And even those who have had their interior plumbing, the, the piping replaced, it's still not necessarily good water. So many of them do, you know, keep the, the bottles of water next to their, their sinks, but that's really expensive. And if they've lost their jobs, uh, they can no longer afford to buy that water. The free bottled water is no longer available. Sometimes it's available through the churches, but then how do you find a way to get to the churches to pick up the bottles of water? Uh, and then how do you um, social distance in doing so? How do you afford the masks to go get there? And how do you afford the Purell, which uh, hand sanitizer, it works in a pinch, but it works dramatically better to wash your hands with warm and soapy water. So you have immunocompromised people in, in poorer areas with a lack of the ability to simply wash, wash one's hands. And it, Really, um, all of those all of those things stack on top of each other, and then they don't have health care. Um, and if they do have health care, it's inadequate health care. And then they maybe they don't have the money to go get a COVID test, or maybe they don't have transportation to go get a COVID test, or you know. So it's, over, it's a over, variety. Over twenty percent of, of Flint doesn't have transportation. Yeah, and it's it's not like it's not walkable. Like these houses, it's not a city where you can just simply walk or take mass transportation. It's spread out. It's almost like suburbia in many areas. So uh, not, not like nice suburbia. Like it's, it's, it, you, you can't walk everywhere. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. So there, there's problem on top of problem on top of problem. And these people are left on their own with, with no resolution. And so it's no surprise that this hospital Hurley is filled to the brim with with patients and it's also no surprise like Jordan said that they're most likely lying about the types of patients that they do have by the way by the way just so you understand that it's not only that this is an injustice this whole crisis is corruption on top of corruption on top of corruption when we say they're lying we're not just spitballing we're we're telling you they're lying because Flint is a cesspool with private interests trying to basically sweep the water crisis under the rug. Why are they trying to sweep the water crisis under the rug? Why are they trying to say the water is fine now? Because if they if they allow, if it gets out that the water is still bad, that people are still getting rashes, that um, people are, their eyes are burning when they shower, that people's hair, are st hair still falls out in the shower. When we say people, we're talking about people we talk to actively today. Okay, this is not a year ago. People still having these symptoms from the water. Well, kind of hard to gentrify a city, which is the master plan there, to gentrify the city, push poor people out, push the poor black people out, which ain't just a Flint thing. That's happening everywhere. You can't do that if you still have an active water crisis. That's why hospitals have lied. 
Uh, McLaren Hospital has lied. I think Hurley Hospital is lying. The, the state of Michigan under the former governor was lying. And the current governor, Whitmere, who the New York Times and CNN has made into some resistance hero because she fought Trump, she is also doing nothing about this. So this is corrupt. Bernard, Sa Bernard. Bernard Sanders got a lot of grief uh, from some corners of the internet. Uh, a lot of folks calling him a sellout, you know, weak, these kind of things. You know, we've criticized him. Uh, I don't think he's a sellout. I think that there's, frankly, some people on YouTube going a little far these days. They're ranting about mm. Bernie and AOC and Jamal Bowman and Cori Bush. And they're making you think that the biggest threat to democracy is not, you know, Pelosi, Biden, Wall Street uh, or Trump, but, you know, Cori Bush and the squad. Um, but, you know, I think Bernie um, was weak during the campaign, which I've said over and over again. I think Bernie. Uh, again, in 2016 and 2020, went to a knife fight holding a spoon. I think Bernie, uh, you know, he's, this is who he is. He would only go up to a certain line. I think Biden was beatable. I think Bernie and his campaign strategy to deal with the corporate media wasn't all there. But overall, I mean, we wouldn't have an uh, we wouldn't have the candidate success, the progressive victories in Congress, uh, sun rights movement, justice Democrats, none of this would be without Bernie Sanders running in 2016 and what he exploded. So he's still very influential in progressive politics. And uh, earlier, I think this is from today, I'm gonna read some of it to you. Uh, Bernie kind of laid the smack down on uh, corporate Democrats. This is from Bernie Sanders, published yesterday in USA Today. Uh, corporate Democrats are talking so-called far left policies. So let me read just a little bit. I am very proud of the hard work that the progressive community put into electing Joe Biden as our next president. And let's be clear, this election was not just uh, a normal election between two candidates. It was much more important than that. It was an election about retaining our democracy, preserving the rule of law, blah, 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 blah. Um, so let's get to him calling out the gaslighting. Now, with the blame game erupting, corporate Democrats are attacking so-called far left policies like Medicare for all and the Green New Deal for election defeats in the House and the Senate. They are dead wrong. Here are, here are the facts, Bernie writes. 112 co-sponsors of Medicare for All went on, were on the ballot in November. All 112 of them won their elections. 98 co-sponsors of the Green New Deal were on the ballot in November. Only one of them lost. It turns out that supporting universal health care during a pandemic and enacting major investments in renewable energy as we face the existential threat to our planet from climate change is not just good public policy, it's also good politics. According to an exit poll from Fox News, no bastion of socialism, 72% of voters favored the change to a government-run health care plan, and 70% of voters supported increasing government spending on green and renewable energy. The lesson is not to abandon popular policies like Medicare for All, a Green New Deal, a living wage, criminal justice reform, and universal child care, but to enact an agenda that speaks to the economic desperation being felt by the working class, black, white, Latino, Asian, and Native Americans. People are hurting and they are crying out for help. We must respond. I want to just show you one tweet exchange I had today to kind of combat this propaganda. And, you know, sorry if I'm blowing up, the, blowing up this guy's spot, but I don't really care. So, Jen, I tweeted, uh, you know, I interviewed Crystal Ball, so I tweeted uh, the clip, and then this guy uh, says, sorry, what works in California, in New York, in California, 
doesn't necessarily work in the middle of the country. There isn't a one-size-fits-all policy. Candidates have to run their campaigns based in their districts. Progressives have to understand that. Sanders would have lost in a landslide, by the way. So I responded, that's complete nonsense. Every single poll shows progressive policies, i.e. Bernie Sanders policies, have majority support across the country. In fact, a new Fox News poll showed 72% of Fox viewers supported government-run health care. It is a propaganda narrative that, a progressive, that progressive policies wouldn't be popular when elections in certain parts of the country. The data and the polls show otherwise, and Bernie's electoral results show him very popular among independents and having decent numbers among Republicans. And then this guy went on. Those policy stance didn't help here in Arizona. Most of the Dem congressional hopefuls here didn't get elected against the hard right Trump Republican candidates. So what fellas like this guy doesn't understand is the reason that the Democratic candidates in Arizona, per se, are losing to the hard right Trump Republicans are because they're not running on anything. They're not running for anything. They're running against Trump. They're trying to tie their Republican opponents with Trump. And if people have a choice, they're going to go with the people that actually are open about what they stand for, the Republicans, then the Democrats that basically what they stand for is I'm mildly more palatable than the Republican. So the bottom line is, whether it's Arizona, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Kentucky, whether it's Kansas, many, 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 I'd say uh, maybe half, 60% of Republicans on policies are closet progressives. And Bernie just showed you you know, you have these corporate Democrats ranting that defund the police and socialism is why they lost. Well, I don't really recall Democratic candidates running ads calling for defund the police. I remember when Republicans were running those spooky fear, fear mongering ads, all the Democratic candidates were saying, I'm not for defunding the police. I don't, re I don't recall any of these candidates that lost uh, running on Medicare for all. So Bernie's hitting them with facts and the corporate Democrats, from Pelosi to Abigail Spanberger, I think her name is, uh, to others, are continuing to, you know, basically, it's really no different than Russiagate. It's really no different than any gaslighting. They're just making it up. Um, so about what you're, you're saying, you know, it, we say this all the time. It really comes down to the money. The only reason that these heartless, soulless, democratic creatures and operatives are against Medicare for a Hall and, and are, are spewing these lies all over TV and, and wherever they, they have their platforms is because of money. It's because they're not going to make their money from, um, from the, the healthcare powers that be if they give in to Medicare for All. So Bernie Sanders rightly points out uh, things, and I'll reiterate this, that 112 co-sponsors of Medicare for All were on the ballot in November. All 112 of them won their races. 98 co-sponsors of the Green New Deal were on the ballot in November. Only one of them have lost an election. So when these people, these Democrats, are trying to spin it as these are unwinnable policy positions, that is simply wrong. But even before we knew the results of these elections, 
we we already know that these Democrats are wrong because Fox News polls are showing us that they're wrong. Even Republicans like Bernie Sanders style policies, even Republicans like Medicare for all, when it is presented to them in a way that isn't spun, when it is presented to them in a, a, a way that is human, in a way that makes sense. Um, it is simply the human way to have health care. And it is the money that gets in the way. It is, is the money that stops, you know, a Nancy Pelosi from hopping on board to a Medicare for all. And it, it only comes down to money. And thank God we have Bernie Sanders, you know, on him all you want be mad at him for dropping out of of the primaries all you want call him a sellout all you want although he is not um he's simply a good man who saw a fascist in the white house and wanted to do everything he could to stop it thank god we have him to point to the fact that the people want medicare for all and that people can win that uh, politicians can win on these policy positions. We do have him to thank for the squad. We do have him to thank for the progressives who are now inspired to the Zoomers, the, the Zoomers and the millennials who will win in the future, who will win in 2022 um, and beyond. So uh, it's sickening though that uh, other Democrats that these corporatist uh, Democrats will continue to lie to the American people and convince um, the brunch crowd that it's not possible. And let's just be clear why they're lying. Because like Pelosi's not an idiot. Abigail Spanberg is not an idiot. Steny Hoyer right. is not an idiot. None of them are idiots. They might be corrupt, but they're not idiots. They know very, they know very well what the polls say. They know full well how popular these positions are. They know full well that actually a lot of Republicans agree with these positions. They know full well because they have pollsters and consultants that told them Guess what? All the propaganda about Bernie Sanders, he would lose by a landslider. Do you know that Bernie Sanders among independents is wildly popular? That in 2016, he wiped the floor with Hillary Clinton among independents in the Democratic primary? Do you know in his races in Vermont for Senate that he has won a considerable amount of Republican voters in Vermont? The governor of Vermont is Republican and Bernie has won Republican voters. Bernie has gone to Kentucky and Mississippi and many states and had massive rallies. Of course, there are some Republicans that, you know, they gun, God, guns, grits, and, you know, uh, pro-life, and they're never gonna go for Bernie Sanders or progressives. That's fine. But there are a lot of, why did so many Republicans go for this reality TV star used car salesman? Because he was pushing a lot of things that Bernie pushes. Uh, he was full of shit. Trump was full of shit, but he was pushing ending the wars. Trump was in 2016. He was pushing uh, uh, enough with these free trade deals like NAFTA and TPP. There were some overlap between Bernie and Trump. And I could tell you because again, when I covered Trump on the road in 2016, a lot of Trump supporters said, if not Trump, their second was Bernie. So this is all propaganda and bullshit. And the corporate media is going to push it. And we're going to hear the same uh, ridiculous propaganda heading into 2022 that no, no, no. The only way to, that the Democrats can keep their narrow margin. Well, why do they have a narrow margin now of a majority of the House? Why did they lose House seats? We just showed you the people that ran on Medicare for all, a Green New Deal and progressive positions. They won. The people that lost ran on Trump's 
awful. Uh, my Republican opponent, Trump. My Republican opponent, I'm mildly better. Yeah, you lose when you run on uh, morality, when you run on character, when you run on platitudes, and when you don't inspire people. You generally lose. That's what's going on.